Chipping away at the block Cause I know that life ain't love And when I go to sleep I dream the best parts of me will come alive But when I see that morning light I know Chris near by my side Chipping away, chipping away with me Hello, everybody, and happy Motivational Monday. I say this every week, I'm noticing as I'm going through my episodes, but I'm super excited about this next guest. I don't think there will ever be an episode where I'm like, well, I guess we have to interview this guest, but I am honestly really, really, really excited about this next guest, mainly because with everything going on in the world, I just want some of her energy. Um, She is one of the most passionate like full of energy people I've ever met in my entire life. She always has a smile on her face and she always has a bundle of light in her heart ready to share with the world and with her friends and with strangers and anyone who's willing to like dance and sing and be silly. Um, But she's also a very, very serious woman, a very strong, serious woman who works in our political sphere. She has been in the drum corps. She's making weird faces at me right now. So I don't know if it's a good point to call her a strong, serious woman while she's making those faces. Um, But we have Cameron Smith with us today and she's just like an all around badass. So I'm excited to kind of get into what makes you. (laughs) I was trying to to exude all of these amazing <laughs> qualities that I probably am not but you are calling me and so very honored <laughs> no, but I'm super happy oh to be here God. and well, I'm, I'm so excited to, to see what I can give in terms of like updates and um you know a different perspective to this really really cool podcast I've loved following this journey and I'm so impressed with it so far it's amazing oh Thank you. I appreciate that. It has definitely been a journey. Um, And I will say at the beginning of this episode, you may notice um, if you're following with us on season two, this episode was recorded previously over the summer, like all of the episodes were. um, And then we had to get season two launched and it was a hot freaking mess, which I talk about on our Instagram and on the intro episode and so on and so forth. But this episode in particular um, was something that Cam reached out to me and wanting to make sure that everything was on the up and up. Also with everything going on in the world, it didn't make sense to launch an episode that was recorded six months ago, roughly. (laughs) Um, Oh, that makes me nauseous to say that, but um, it it just didn't make sense. I mean, there's so much going on politically. Cameron has gone through so much since we recorded her episode previously. Um, Obviously, I mean, you finally moved to DC, you got into your whole role and everything like that. So it just made sense to kind of sit down again and give you guys, our listeners, a more updated version of Cameron Smith and a little bit more updated version of how she's feeling and how we can keep motivated, even in the political (laughs) spectrum of this world right now. Is it the, the 14th? It's the 14th of January. Yesterday, President Trump was impeached for the second time, which was very historical. Um, In six days, President or President-elect Biden is expected to be um, inaugurated. So many things have changed (laughs) since our last podcast. And I really appreciate you, Chris, for for um, being willing to do this. I know like in the summer, I just, you know, I although I, I felt like I had, you know, plenty of things to be proud of. 
it feels like my life. <laughs> it's just very more, it's, it's much more balanced now that I've moved. I feel situated in DC. Um, we have a better control of the pandemic, you know, vaccines are going out. I feel like I could provide a better perspective <laughs> now that everything is on fire, but everything is on fire and more managed. Um, than it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can we have a fire extinguisher fire now. What's going on right now. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, but it only works sometimes. So Cameron and I are going to help you when the fire extinguisher finally (laughs) kicks in. Oh my god! I know. Honestly, Um, I do kind of want to touch what we will get to the political sphere of everything. But I do want to kind of go back to the beginning of everything with you. I mean, we'll, we'll talk out of order. I mean, I talk all over the place and Cameron yeah. will start at point A, go to point W and then eventually end at point B. Yeah. So we will have a lot a of new letter will be created at some point. And you're going to be like, I didn't know that was part of the <laughs> alphabet. All right, back to point B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I do want to start from kind of the beginning of what has started you on this journey. I mean, you are incredibly brilliant and you are incredibly driven, um, but I don't know any small child who wakes up and is like, I, well, small children wake up and go, I want to be president, but I don't feel like many children are like, I want to work on campaigns and I want to make sure that that really awesome lady makes it into this like White House and blah, blah, blah. So how has that journey been for you to discover this side? Yeah, so I'd say that everything in my life has stemmed from music and the arts and being able to feel very comfortable with myself and wherever I'm at and being able to support myself um, kind of at whatever stage of life that I'm in. Um, I, I've always been, you know, been pushed to, to, to do good and be good in whatever I'm doing. And I think that started earliest in my life at like age four or five with music. And that really carried me through high school. Um, the whole practice makes perfect mentality, you know, practicing until you get it right, making sure that you don't skip over steps that you really do everything, um, everything in order and as slow as you need to, to ensure that it, is correct and as good as you can make it. I think those lessons of like learning a piece of music directly apply to politics, to governance, um, and to trying to make the world a better place in whatever whatever way you see fit. And poli- you know, politics are everywhere. It's not just within the government. It's not just on Capitol Hill. It's you know in your social studies classroom. It's the prom king and queen. Um, it's the prom queen and king and queen vote. It's um, it's sports. It's nonprofits, it's everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, um, I think that being in a community like music, where there are so many people that are supporting you, and if the competition is there, I definitely didn't feel it at maybe as much as it was present. Um, And I I felt very supported in in the roles that I've had within the musical community. And that and that led me to want to bring some of those lessons and that that urge that I have to to make any situation, um, a more positive one and a more effective one, um, into politics where I of course see plenty of stuff that can be improved. I'm really lucky to live in a country that is already so great, um, that is already built upon fantastic values, but that of course needs work like any changing does. Yeah. Um, and I think that after, so my, my dad is a military veteran and so, being in contact with him while he was overseas um, in Afghanistan, in the Philippines, in Iraq, um, 
being able to have those conversations with him, I've learned from an early age that like defense and national security is far greater than um, just protecting our own. It's ensuring that we have like systematic equality in place to make sure that people can protect themselves in addition to the country protecting them. Um, and I, I think that it's led me to be very interested in seeing what we can do um, to improve our current state, whatever it is at. Um, and there's so many, so many minds that are already fantastic in politics that just need amplification or that, um, you know, are waiting kind of their turn or what have you. But I, I felt like maybe one more eager, curious mind would not hurt to the system. So that's why, that's why I jumped in. No, I love that. And your dad being in the military, being active when you were younger, do you think that kind of made politics and the political world more in your sphere, even from a young age of having to know what was going on with your dad, having to know um, the ins and outs of when he will come back, what's going on with the world and the connections with other countries because you were yeah, so personally Yeah, I feel like it really humanized the it. rest of the world because my dad is a humanitarian in whatever aspect you'd consider a soldier. Um, and I just, you know, I made so many like pen pals and friends with locals in Kabul and in the Philippines because that's what he would do. Um, and so I got to meet like these, these other kids from across the globe without ever having met them in real life and like becoming friends with them and sharing stories and different languages. And it, it really, humanized, yeah, it just like that's it humanized so diplomacy cool. for me. And then more so, yeah, I did have to know like, what uniform my dad was wearing that day. Like I would help out with chores and be like, do you need your civilian boots or do you need your combat boots? Or like just weird things, <laughs> like weird things that like only military kids would really wow. need to know. Um, and more so, I I've, I yeah. remember my dad would always encourage me to like pick fights with him. Like if I, if I wanted to stay up later than I probably should have, I would have to like pull out a full argument, <laughs> like a full, like write it. I'd like write it in crayon. Oh my God, and so I love it, that. And like, in fifth grade, I was like, um, I remember oh in fifth God. grade, I don't really remember this, but apparently my parents do very vividly. I remember that I, I tried to save our like local park and I, I had something like 108 fifth graders sign their name on like, like scratch paper, which was really weird, <laughs> but I feel like that's a pretty good synopsis of me being excited about things that may not matter that much but matter a lot to me. <laughs> and so um, I've, I've tried to stay active. That's <laughs> the most new thing I've ever heard. And I just see a little baby Cam, like we need to save this park like, with signs out oh, in front of, oh my God, that's amazing. I, I'm just really lucky that I had parents that encouraged both of the creative side and the more analytical side of me um, growing up, which I think really, really had a profound impact mm. on on the confidence that I have going into this world, even though, you know, I, I have so much to learn still. Confidence is is really, really important um, in the sphere. And what do you, like, what does confidence mean to you? Because I know confidence can manifest and it has different meanings to a lot of different people. So how do you kind of define or feel confidence I, I for say yourself? that I would define confidence as knowing like in a situation or if you're planning on doing something, knowing the very worst that could happen and knowing the very best that could happen and being able to assess that risk and still come out of you considering those two things confident and very, very proud of whatever you're doing. 
so I, I'd say being able to balance like what is the worst possible way this can, mm. you know, this can explode or happen or occur. What's the very best way? And obviously, hopefully it'll go the very best way. But if you can still feel proud of whatever you've done, even in the worst case scenario, then I think that that's when you feel like you can really have confidence in yourself and have confidence in your decisions. Because being able to identify both the worst and best options, I feel like speak to values of people and being able to speak to different perspectives and and understanding that realities are not always shared. That's very, very true. And I think we are learning that more and more and more as we go on in this world and get older and see what's going on around us. Um, Do you want to pop back though? Because you talked a lot about music kind of shaping you. And I do think something beautiful about you is that balance of creative and like very logical and very smart. And I think that's also played such a huge role in your career in politics um but also that's how we got to know each other was like a theater nerdy community and you were like this adorable little like fire bean that would pop around and like i play the french (laughs) horn and and like we would just dance and be silly and then it was also like oh but i'm also freaking double majoring and i'm also like basically putting myself through college and i'm also in charge of this because you were part of like the student government and stuff like that like you have so many facets to you that I think build a full picture of what you are able to accomplish and share with the world. So I would like to delve into the creative side because I feel like I understand that a little bit more. And then we'll go to the logical side because um, I'd love to learn about that. My uh, double major in acting and psychology might not help me with that, but I would like to learn more about it. Um, I was going to say, every time I have a conversation with you, I feel like I learn a lot more about myself. So you never know, but I feel like it has been very useful because you, you are my favorite person to talk to. If I'm ever having a bad day, I'm like, "Mm, Chris will know what to say. (laughs) It's the Virgo in me. That's it. (laughs) Yes. So you were in drum corps and it, I didn't really know what drum corps was until a couple years ago. And now I'm like totally in awe and inspired by you guys. Like, it's insane. It's basically like survivor meets like musicians. And then you just do that for the whole summer is essentially how I would describe yes. this. Um, it's, it's like military boot camp for band kids um a hundred percent it's like you know exactly what you're going to be doing every minute of the day exactly how you're going to be doing it every minute of the day and exactly why you're going to be doing actually you don't always know why you kind of just show up and are like is there a purpose for this probably I don't know what it is right now but it'll it'll show up later (laughs) Um, yeah I just so in high school doing marching band I always was a little bit more naturally inclined to it because I had danced and so my ability to like understand what my body looked like was um, a bit more advanced from dancing. Not maybe not in comparison to others, but just for me, that was kind of my strong suit. Um, mm. And I remember going to college, and I was never interested in drum corps. A lot of people were really interested in drum corps because it was like it, it's just like the dream for high school marching band kids. They're like, wow, this is this is as best as you can get in this activity. Like that's really really cool. It's really really awesome. It's inspiring. Um, And then in college, I remember uh, some guy I knew, I don't even remember who it was at this point, but he was just like, honestly, I don't know if you would make it in drum corps. You're just a little bit too optimistic. And I don't think you're good enough, honestly. Like, I'd be really impressed if you even 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's uh, so fun. Let's make it a challenge not. now. Because no. <laughs> so. That's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch everything. Me. You're <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, give me literally 24 yes. hours. So. <laughs> So I decided to go ahead and do it because someone told wow. me I couldn't, which of course then means for every strong woman, you're like, ah, go ahead and sit down and watch me. So I did. Um, and it, it's been the best experience of my life. Genuinely a hundred percent. I, I wish I remember who told me I wouldn't make it Aww. was so I could thank them because it has been the greatest experience of my life. It's taught me so much about myself um, I think more than anything, it's taught me that you can literally do anything when you put your mind to it. Like luck, you know, luck is a combination of timing and hard work. And I feel like there was a lot of luck involved. Then my drum corps career, I TBH do not think I was good enough to get in the first time, but I was so determined to that. I think like, you know what, whatever. Oh she seems energetic enough. Like, let's keep her on. Um, and it, you know, came off, honestly. Yeah, I remember my first audition. I looked at now who's my friend, and I looked at him and I he gave me a call back and I was like, You're kidding, right? You're you're absolutely kidding. I basically just vomited into a mellophone. Like, what? And he was like, No, it's okay. I <laughs> it was so bad. I like cracked all of my scales. Anyway, um, it paid off and I and I, I you know, I worked my butt off and there are so many ups and downs, of course, because it's a hard activity. Nothing worthwhile is is easy, um, but you just learn so much. And depending on the group of people that you're with, you just learn different lessons that I think you you may learn over time in life anyway. But in drum corps, it just feels expedited. Any any really important life lesson you learn in drum corps feels like it's a hundred times more powerful, a hundred times more obvious. And a hundred times more introspective than maybe you would you would learn it in like a, a slow moving everyday um, everyday situation. Wow! And I will say, just from knowing you while you were going through all of that, it's mm -hmm. challenging yeah. to be a woman in drum corps, right? I mean, it's a very male driven, and I know that there are drum a course. number of drum mm -hmm. corps. <laughs> cores or teams that are all met like all male um and it's very um there's like a small percentage of females yeah. that are part of this so if there are any amazing band nerd kids listening right now that are maybe in high school or also in college that are female wanting to get into drum corps yeah. or even males like no judgment but specifically females since the percentage is so small do you have any advice because it, it was really taxing yeah you, definitely just knowing I think you as a friend I, one I think it that. depends on the group of people that you're with because really like that community is so indicative of how you feel every day because you're spending the same you know, 24 hours a day with the same people doing the same thing every single day to make yourself better at it. So it definitely depends on kind of who you're with. But I'd say I'd say generally the two cores, I was with Blue Knights and then I was with um, the Phantom Regiment. Now I teach with the Phantom Regiment. I think both are really good about making it in an inclusive environment, both for women, um, both for for students who are in the LGBTQIA plus community, trans kids, like, I, I think that the improvements are coming very swiftly. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd say my biggest piece of advice is don't be scared to join just because it looks like it's 
all men and all scary all the time. It's really not. And there are always going to be people that are there to support you. Um, I think, I think more so like different sections are, are sometimes more like female or LGBTQIA plus heavy. And those, um, were always really helpful, but I think generally I had a really good experience as a woman. And sometimes it, it felt like it was a challenge to just be a woman, but I think when you experience those things and can overcome them while also adhering to, you know, what you need because of, you know, just like being a woman, like having a period, like needing to, to do whatever, like mid block. I, I think that it was yeah. really helpful to feel like your community supported you no matter what, like the, the activity itself is extremely hard, but that doesn't really, um, it, it sometimes does, but not always really is a direct reflection on, um, on, you know, what, what you identify as. And if you, I mean, there are so many and you did it for so long and you're still continuing to be in this community, but if you can narrow it down to like maybe one or two life lessons that you learned that had taken you further in your career or in your life, what are those kind of things that you've taken with yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say the first one is, hmm, I would say no goal is too ambitious no goal is too ambitious. Literally none. Literally none. It just depends on how you set yourself up to achieve those goals. Also, failure like is an option. I don't know why people say failure is not an option. It's definitely an option. It's an option that has brought me a lot of joy long term. I fail every day, you know, <laughs> like 100%. Huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel all the some time. of the most successful people I've met in drum corps are the people that have failed the hardest at first and they've just been able to get themselves back up. So I would I would say no goal is too ambitious and failure is an option and it's a lot of the time a huge um it's a it's a huge help and a big tool that I've used to propel myself in the right direction. I love that. And I love the pointing that out because I'm like, as I pointed out, I am a Virgo and I'm also super type A what? and a perfectionist. No. As Cam also like no, lives what? in that realm. So, <laughs> what? I had no idea. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's, it was hard for me learning to fail. I will like, felt like falling flat on my face. I was like, I'm never doing that again. Uh, I was like, I don't really want to set myself up for the longest time. I let anxiety take over and be like, oh, well, you may not be perfect at that. So maybe we just don't try that. And I was like, that's a solid life yeah. plan. And then I wasn't going anywhere. And you're like running on a hamster wheel, because if you don't fail and fall out of the hamster yeah. wheel on your face, you'll never discover yeah. the rest of what you can go towards. So I think that's such beautiful advice because yeah. failure is sometimes the best option because then you get to yeah. see all these I, other I options you I, never would have known about. Me, I'm so, I'm so glad you also feel that way. Cause that's that. that point of the hamster wheel is so important. You are stuck inside of a box until you force yourself out of the box. The odds that you're going to fail while pushing yourself out of the box are huge. And you're probably going to fall pretty far when you do get outside the box, but that's the point. Like that's the point of life. I think, I think the, best the best part about yeah. failing is if you are a good person and I think most people I'd say like all people are inherently good um it just maybe maybe some society um, societal standards have impacted them differently but I think when you have your values straight and you've got your morals straight and you know that like whatever you're doing is not with a malevolent nature 
that you failing will never really have a severe impact on you because you can you can look at it however you want when you, when you know that what you're doing is is for what's best for you and you're trying to at, you know at your core um help instead of harm i think that generally there's no bad way to fail I love that. And also it makes the best stories at parties. My failure stories are next to none. The best things about my storytelling at parties. So many good ones from that. So many good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Too many. Um, So you are in college, obviously the drum corps, but also you are a double major. So let's talk a little bit about that. And I think something that you do so beautifully, even though I don't think you will own this, is you time manage like nobody's business. Like Cam will have a full schedule and still text you and be like, hey, I know you have this going on. Or, hey, I heard about this. Just checking in with you. Even though she has like 80 billion things that she has to get accomplished and that she has to do for her major, for her life, for her job, for her career, what have you. I think that's something so beautiful about you. And so I'd like to delve in a little bit about your college experience because you time managed the <laughs> shit you. out of those. Nice. I'm like, oh, I don't know. You did. It kind of felt like I was being just like running around with my head cut off. Um, I just have like 18 different. <laughs> Sometimes I forget yeah, about them. They come back. Um, yep. um, so. <laughs> Let's okay. Um, we'll get them done would you like me to talk about time management specifically, or would you like me to talk about um, just like living with those two separate majors? Okay, both like all of the above. So you went into college, and your majors are in yes, um, and then political journalism science. is one of them, correct? Yeah. So yeah, oh, and sorry, so ahead, sorry, um, uh, yeah, so I. How did those marry? No, 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 no. How did yeah, those marry so I, I got I got pretty pretty choice? lucky because I I got to find a bridge between those two things that I really liked, and that's what I'm ne- uh, now specializing in: um, disinformation and, and influence operations. Um, but I think that being able to find marriages between those two, as you mentioned, like no matter how small, is really important to being able to um, kind of find cohesion between your your different parts of the day because you can when you when you understand how those two things interact and how they can how they are similar and how they're dissimilar it makes doing work for both much easier because it kind of feels like you can just go from one to the other with just a small mental shift whereas like going from mechanical engineering to art could be a little bit harder like that some that does work for some people's brains but for me I just couldn't even imagine like going from math to um, creativity. Um, so I would say that a lot of, a lot of my day was, was spent planning and setting myself up for success in in terms of efficiency. Um, there were, there were many times where I just had to like turn my phone off or, um, stop listening to music because I kept singing along to it and getting distracted or, uh, (laughs) or, you know, doing whatever. But, um, I, I think being able to have extremely, extremely heartfelt conversations with friends like you and, and with other friends um, in set parts of your day is really helpful because it reminds you like you have a life outside of this stuff. You have a life outside of studying. You have a life outside of work and you have to attend to that because in all honesty, like work isn't yeah. 
what defines how happy you are, at least in my mind. It's something that I feel like I can be proud of. Yeah, like I, I love that I can I do this work. I'm literally so honored every day to be able to do this work. But it's like work, you know, I'm not calling my boss on um, like on their birthday and saying I love them and inviting them over to my house. Like I do that for my mom, and, you know, like not my boss. So, you know, there, there are those people like friends and family that are, that are always going to yeah. be there for you. And I I'd say that I've gotten really lucky with the people that I've gotten to work with who I also feel like will always be there for me, but um, it's just kind of supplementing a different part of your life and being able to time manage um, both of those things has been really important, both by, by having good enough conversations and having good enough experiences that they remind you um, to continue having those. I think that's been really helpful for me. And also, you know, having failures when I, when I don't touch base um, with people or, or I do forget someone's birthday and the guilt that I feel from that is, is so substantial that it propels me to continue to keep up with those things because, you know, taking care of my friends is, is definitely a, a big part of my life. hundred percent. Yeah. And I will say from my personal experience, even though I don't believe my double major was as taxing as I'm sure yours was, um, I definitely in New York coming from Texas to yeah. New York, I experienced seasonal depression every year. I mean, now being back and quarantined in Texas, it didn't happen this year. And I was like, oh my God, I feel joy in January. What is this? And so I, I always just got my ass kicked every winter. And um, I was of the mindset of like, oh my God, I, my depression doesn't manifest itself in like never leaving my bed. My depression manifests itself in like working myself mm -hmm. until like I pass out or I make myself sick and my body has to repair because I was like, I can't feel this way. And so I would just delve straight into work and I wouldn't acknowledge my friends. I wouldn't acknowledge like my social life at all. Um, family. I'm like, and now I'm gone. Birth to me once. Yeah. And goodbye. Like I was so. Yeah, I was like, just so in what I was doing, because I was trying to combat all these emotions. And now that I'm now that I'm older, but now that I've done it for so many years of like, wow, this depression is like not going away. Um, I really learned that delving into friendships. And also having friends call me out on it. Like, hey, Krizny, you haven't stopped making this movie or you haven't stopped studying for this test in like over five hours. Mm -hmm. Maybe we take a break and just walk around the block. And those little breaks were things that kept me from my breaking point that I have in acknowledged in myself, but I've also had conversations with some really amazing friends that will be with me, like you said, for my whole life that I'm like, hey, when I'm doing X, Y, and Z, I really just need that mental check because I obviously can't do it for myself. So yeah. I think calling and out that if balance I can pivot, is super, um, super and necessary. tack on to that. I think that that is probably one of the greatest lessons I've learned from now working yeah. in politics is that oh my God, a culture of working yourself to death is not hot. It's not sexy. It's not cool. Um, I know it works for some people and like, it really, it really does work for some people. Like a lot of the people I feel like in DC have that mentality and it works super well for them. So TBH, whatever works for you, but at least for me, I, I remember, you know, I yeah. was, I was applauded and I was, I was lifted up because I would never take care of myself. You know, like I would work out for like three hours a day in the winters because I was literally never as fit as I was in winters because I got the same thing where like the sun would go away. So I'd be like, well, like I, you know, I just kind of feel anti 
social. And so I would go to the gym for three hours a day. Like it wasn't healthy for me. I've injured myself plenty of times since then. Um, you know, I, or I would study for like nine hours and was I studying efficiently? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. But the fact that I was doing that thing for so long was apparently impressive. And, and I felt that external validation so hard that I, you know, I continued doing it, but it, it just, it only resulted in burnout every single time. And every single time I burnt out, I've come back and just thought, let's do this a little bit better next time so I can prevent this. And, and what I found is things like meditation. Yeah. Working. So what I do personally is I work like very, very, very hard, um, for like two hours at a time. Um, and then I'll take like a 15 minute break to grab coffee or whatever. And then I'll go back and do like another, like two hours, really, really hard. I'm totally tapped out from everything else. Like I'm just working and then I'll take another break, but doing everything, how, how I think about it is like, are you going to half-ass one thing or are you going to whole-ass, or sorry, are you going to half-ass a ton of things or are you going to whole-ass one mm-hmm. thing? Um, and I, I've been needing, you know, like being, I, I like to think of myself as multifaceted, yeah. which is cool and fun and like interesting, but it also makes for a ton of very, very easy burnout. It's just because, you know, you're doing like a thousand different things, but you're only doing them half as good as you could. And so- yeah being able to cut out those things and being able to maybe, you know, for example, like at working out, um, there's that idea that if you can do 80% of the workout, you probably achieved about a hundred percent of the results or the 80, 20 method of your diet, where if you can eat 80% well, that 20% that you don't eat well, honestly, doesn't really have that much of an effect on you. And so that's what I've been doing in terms of work in my own life. Um, you know, and friends and family, it's like, if I can call my grandma, even for like five minutes a day, that's still being able to have a great relationship with her and is more than I would do if I just called her like an hour once a month, like five minutes a day will, will probably result in, in greater joy than an hour once a month. Um, and I feel like that's incredibly important. And, and the culture that we have um, is slowly shifting, which is fantastic. And it's really great in my office. I'm super lucky. Like they take insanely good care of us, but um, you know, it's not, it's not like that for everybody yet. And I, I wish and I hope that in the future that we can we can prioritize rest and rejuvenation um, and eliminating stress from our lives in that way, because frankly, we just don't need it. You know, <laughs> like you don't need to be stressed to get your work done. You don't you don't need these things. And no. if you feel like you do, then maybe there's something a little bit deeper buried in there that that, you know, you should be looking at. And, I'm, you know, not trying to convince anyone to change their entire life but that's just what yeah. I felt and I, I feel like the more I've looked into that the more I've realized that I don't I, I have never needed the stress the anxiety the the need for external validation to get my work done um and that it can be achieved in a much less stressful way um I shed a lot less I have healthier skin I am less inclined to eat tons of chocolate now it's been great it's been <laughs> yes <laughs> I love that. And for those of you who are listening, I mean, Cam and I are both like, I mean, obviously Cam is a go-getter and we both balance probably one too many balls often in our lives. Um, and it was something that I, I, I'm very, very thankful for my therapist. I will say that on every episode, my therapist is my lifeline. Um, but it was something that she and I were talking about, about this whole mindset of stress and about this whole mindset of like, you can't be successful unless you're horribly stressed and horribly overwhelmed and so on and so forth. And it's 
kind of, you are constantly living in fight or flight. So um, she and I had a conversation about, um, I have what would be called high functioning anxiety. Um, I'm definitely on that side of TikTok now. And I just feel like a call out post every other video. Um, (laughs) TikTok. It's just so specific. I feel oh, like they've really got that's me like where a they solid, want me. Anyway, uh, for you page there. Yeah, <laughs> we have you in their grasp, and Sam's like, I, yeah. for it, I think. Oh my god! But finding out those those balance, kind of what we were talking about, basically this whole episode of you can be successful and you can follow in your dreams and your pursuits and what have you. Um, but it doesn't have to be in a constant fight or flight, crying, mental breakdown capacity. Um, and that's something that I am coming to terms with for sure in my life. Um, but something that I definitely want to drive home to our listeners, because I know a lot of incredibly successful people who are not entirely happy um, because of that lack of balance or because of that lack of acknowledgement of you don't have to break yeah. yourself down to get and, something. And there are plenty of, um, but oh, I was just talk a little that. bit. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. there, I mean, there are plenty no, 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 of times go, go, go. where like, you know, pushing yourself through the mud is probably necessary and will in turn make you a stronger, healthier person. But just like remembering that those times don't need to be constant is very important. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about your career kind of in general. I know right now, um, politics is a very touchy subject. Politics is a very touchy world. So I will let you guys, our listeners know, we're not going to go into specifics. I don't think that's really necessary to kind of get the message and the advice that you guys come to chipping away with Krisney for on motivation and kind of um, reaching those goals and those dreams. So I do want to talk about Cam's job a little bit more generalized. Um, but if you guys have any specific questions or want to learn a little bit more about what Cam does, obviously at the end of the episode, I always make sure you guys know where to find our incredible guests. And I know Cam would be more than happy to give you more advice or have a further conversation about what she does every single day and loves and is so fulfilled by. But in more of a general sphere Getting to Washington, D.C., working in the political sphere is super, super stressful. So how are you managing that of like you've accomplished your dream for now and you will make another dream and you'll accomplish that dream and we'll just keep on going and we'll keep growing. But what um, does that so life I, look like for So you I work now? in um, Senator Dianne Feinstein's office. She's the senior senator from California. I am but a wee staff assistant. So I'm kind of like bottom of the totem pole, entry level job. But I wake up so grateful to be here every single day. She's a fantastic boss. Um, working on Capitol, she's so good. She's so nice. Oh. I look, God, I love her. She also gives fantastic style, like style tips. It's just incredible. I have, I have made my wardrobe almost exclusively pastels. Thank you, DF. You're the best. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, and her, and you guys will see in the photo, Cameron has the most stunning blue eyes, so I can only imagine <laughs> Thank how you. those pop <laughs> she, with pastels. Uh, but I, so I feel really lucky. I feel like maybe I um, I get to work in an office that is an anomaly, 
um, on Capitol Hill because people, I mean, people do work really hard. And I think, honestly, I, I may take that back and say that it's more of a COVID thing because usually the Hill is like this dynamic, um, very social place. There are receptions back to back to back to back. You're constantly like networking or saying hi to this person or that person or attending this or whatever. Um, and because of COVID, I feel like it's made a lot of Hill staffers slow down and not have to feel like they need to attend these receptions or these briefings or whatever. Um, and especially at my level, like pretty entry level, it's allowed me to just get really good at the work that I do, um, which is a lot of like constituent correspondence and talking to um, constituents who write in with the concerns or who, you know, ask her to support a certain bill or, you know, a, a certain area. Um, and that's been really helpful, honestly, as much as as much as I miss that part of the hill and I love like eating all the free food at receptions. I, I remember when I interned, I was like, I'm so poor, but I get all of this free food at these receptions. So this is great. Um, it's awesome. Um, yes. But I, you know, I really appreciated, I appreciated kind of that forced slowdown mechanism of COVID on the Hill, just because no one, no one can really be there in person to do their work. Um, it's, it's been excellent. It's certainly made um, kind of like, understanding dynamics of working on the hill different but i think the best part about that is no one else has experienced the hill really at this slowness and you know and and this like lack of receptions and socialization so i I feel like i'm coming into it at a time where everyone else kind of feels the same way where they're still trying to get a grasp on like what those dynamics might might look like without receptions without the socialization component of the hill um and that's that's been really excellent and i'm also really lucky because working in a california office there are just so many people because it's california so there are so many people who work in the office and there are quite a few people that do my job as well. And so it's been really, really great to have um, kind of like a cohort of other staff assistants in my role who are my age, who have just graduated, who, you know, are are equally, if not more ambitious and certainly more intelligent and fantastic and wonderful as me. Um, so I'm really, I feel really lucky to to be with them. But it's it's been great. It's, it's like having a team that's just like constantly there for you and checking yeah. in. And, um, and it's been really important, especially because I think COVID has, has really put um, put the test of mental health on the hill where it, things are usually just going, 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 going. Um, and I feel like a lot of people have had to slow down and like really identify, you know, like, am I doing well today? Is there anything I could be doing more for myself? Um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And you are a really great advocate for mental health and you are an amazing person that is always down to talk about mental health, how you've bettered yourself, how you are constantly making sure you're in balance and making sure you're in your best um, physical and mental mm-hmm. um, space. So how, I mean, obviously with COVID and everything, it slowed everything down, but how do you balance having to be on all the time? I know in almost every industry, you have to be on all the time, but specifically in politics, I feel like you have to be on, you have to know what this person stands for, what they want get to get past, how you need Need to connect with them what this other person wants and who you need to connect them with and it's all like a matter of like i feel like it's jenga or like just pulling things out and hoping it'll connect it or like Tetris a little bit like this one needs to go over here and then that will click there and and so you're like constantly playing tetris with your personality and your brain and having to be on and having to have all this knowledge like all the time how do you balance that yeah. with like being a well, human I think, being? I think it's about making work? your own rules. Um, again, I, I feel like in politics, a lot of people are, are kind of um, beginning to 
be able to manifest their own dreams in terms of what it looks like to be on versus off your work-life balance, which is fantastic. Honestly, so great. Like I'm very, very excited. And a lot of people have begun, began to implement like longer lunch breaks or time off. Like my office, I remember one time I was like, can I please work overtime to make sure I do get this thing done? They were like, no, go and relax and have fun. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, so, oh. like thank you guys. Yeah. And so, um, and it's, it's not like that in every office, but I will say that being able to make your own rules for like, when you have your news apps on, I turn my news apps off at like 7 PM and then I turn them back on at 7 AM. So I have like a full 12 hours where I'm just like, there's no news living anywhere rent-free in my head. If someone were to ask me about that, like maybe I'd be able to That's conjure it up, but TBH that switch, that switch turns off pretty hardcore, um, around 7 PM, but it's, it's I think, I think that being able to manage your, that. your information yeah. flow to yourself is really important because as soon as you can turn that information flow off, you don't really feel like you're, you know, maybe there is some, some sort of FOMO. Um, but at the same time, you just realize like, you know, in 12 hours, I'm, I'm going to be able to catch up on everything. There are plenty of resources out there for me to be able to know what's going on before I start my day. Um, and I feel like it's just really important to be able to turn off that um, that button that allows information to come to you. Um, so I, I'd say a lot of a lot of my friends that are also really good about their mental health have have certain parts of the day where they're like, I'm gonna turn everything off, even if they can't turn it off for like 12 hours. They're like, the next two hours are mine and mine alone, and they'll do something that is really fulfilling, or um, or that brings peace to them, like meditation or working out or seeing friends or even like grabbing a drink with themselves, um, and being able to just put a hard and fast stop for a certain amount of time each day for yourself is really important. I love that. And I also love that news because even though I'd obviously very much don't work in politics, I think I will start implementing that with my news apps because sometimes at 9 PM I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ, can't we just take a break because it's still popping up from the wall <laughs> journal. And I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe we just don't look yeah. at this right now. And, and so I love that. Um, I was well, going to say, you, know, and you can do that with the, like people too. Oh, yeah. Like I turn off all of my social what? media apps. I like, I've, you know, told family and friends, I'm like, Hey, Hey fam, I'm just not going to reply after oh. this, this hour of the day. Like the do not disturb button is my best friend on my phone. <laughs> I'm like, this oh. is it. I'm, I'm, but yeah, taking time oh, for your, God. for yourself. And you know, if, if what fulfills you most is talking to other people, then for sure. But I, I know for me, I feel like being able to be with myself alone in complete peace and quiet and like being able to be happy with that has been really important too. Yeah. Those boundaries and mm -hmm. making sure you stick Definitely. to them is really, really important. Yeah. Well, you follow the podcast, um, as you said earlier, which makes like my heart so happy. Um, but for those of you who maybe this is your first episode um, listening in, Chipping Away um, was something that kind of came to me in a really dark place in my life where I had no idea what I was doing. And I felt like I was just like throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, hoping it would stick as I pursued this dream I've had since I was eight years old. And I was just like calling my parents crying all the time, being like, why did you like let me major in make-believe? Like, this is horrible. I will never have a real job. Um, and my dad, bless his heart, he was the one who was like, Krizny, you just keep your hammer on the rock and keep chipping away. And eventually you're going to get there. And that was kind of really what drove me through 
everything. Um, the horribleness of like graduating and then trying to be a real adult without really knowing how to do that. Um, chipping away that metaphor really drove me um, through that darkness. And so I love hearing everyone's different reasonings and different answers. And you do so much and have so much inside of you that I'm super excited to know what keeps you chipping away. I think what keeps me chipping away is knowing that every day that I chip away, we're about this close. I'm holding up like an inch of room between my two fingers on the video camera right now. Uh, we're about from making something yeah, better like, and it, it's you. probably not going to come from me but me you know me supporting someone else who's supporting someone else who's supporting this thing who's supporting this thing that's going to have an actual effect on someone's life on someone's life in, in a substantial way whether that be they finally get health insurance they have access to abortion they feel like, you know, or their, their, their spouse is coming home from overseas from serving our country, that their unemployment benefits are going to come and they can pay their rent. They're not going to be evicted, that they get vaccinated so they can finally see their parents again. Like, even though my job means almost nothing in the grand scheme of politics, I feel like every day that every single minute I put in is going to assist someone else who assists someone else who assists someone else. And that is what keeps me chipping away. It's because my chipping away keeps someone else chipping away, which keeps someone else chipping away, which keeps government chipping away. And government chipping away can help everyone else chip away. Which... <laughs> Hopefully, yes. <laughs> oh, that did, that gave me chills. And I, I think one of the most beautiful things about you is your huge heart. And I'm so glad that you've found a home to make that heart shine light on eventually the entire country. Um, because while you say and belittle what you're doing, you do make a difference every single day. And I will let our listeners know, I do it every episode of where they can find our guests. I strongly recommend um, following Cam on social media. She is like the queen of posting a video being like, hey guys, you see this article? This isn't right. Like this isn't real information. Make sure you're double checking your sources. Or hey guys, I'm seeing this all over Instagram. This isn't real either. So please stop sharing X, Y, and Z. This is maybe some sources that you can look at. She's very open to talking about a lot of the things that are going on in the world right now, which are constantly changing, which sometimes it's really hard for me to understand what's going on and to keep up with things. And so I know I can go to Cam's social media page and I'm like, oh, okay, so this is some of the articles that I should be looking at, or okay, this is some of the things that are going on right now. So I feel super informed and also feel super good that I'm getting some information from a valid source or that someone has given me a little point of reference to go look at sources that are validated. So where can people find you? Where can people know that they're getting good information? Well, right now, sometimes <laughs> um, you don't know if you're getting Instagram good information. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Cam Tara Smith. Um, and I can like add a hyperlink or whatever you need me to. Um, and then I, I'm currently in the works of like making a resources page just so I, I don't always have to keep up with it, but, uh, good information and information flow that I, I am yeah. certain is going to be beneficial and not harmful to our information ecosystem. Um, so once that is completed, I can give that to you as well. But I, yeah, if you ever have a question, if you ever are like interested in getting involved in politics, because you can be involved in politics literally at any level at any time, like, like calling your grandma and telling her what she just retweeted or whatever is wrong is politics. Like that is you helping the political ecosystem. So if you ever have questions or like want to get involved or want suggestions, or if there's anything that I can ever be of assistance with, 
um, or if you just want an ear to, to talk to, I really, really love being there um, for strangers, friends, family alike. Um, so, so hit me up if you if you're ever down to have a conversation and I, I'd love to talk. Awesome. And then the last question before I let you go and help someone chip away to help someone chip away to help chip away at the entire government. I love it. Um, what is something that you guys like can give our listeners right now um, in form of advice? I know that when we both jumped on this episode, we looked at each other and we were like, how, how are you doing? Like, how, how, how's it going? Um yeah, we're both just like, oh my God. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are feeling that way. And I, I, I don't want to discredit one political belief system over the other. I feel like both political parties and other parties in general are all feeling kind of like, oh my God, right now. Um, and there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of changes that are happening in the world. And every time you turn on the news, you open your phone, you're just kind of bombarded with a lot. And it's really emotionally taxing when we're already going through so much emotionally with COVID being quarantined at home, maybe living with your family where you're like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this as almost 26 years old. Um, not talking from personal belief at all there. Um, but it's really, it's challenging right now. I mean, the world is kind of hard no matter where you go. So if someone is tuning in this Motivational Monday, they opened their phone to come listen to this episode, which I love you guys for, and they saw something um, news-wise pop up on their phone, and it's just like taking everything out of them. What kind of advice do you have for our your listeners Your voice is more today? powerful than you think it is, and your voice is what keeps people like me that uh, literally my job is to just field calls and opinions from people. That gives me hope. People utilizing their voice to share their beliefs, no matter what they are, gives the people that that do this work full-time a lot of hope and it gives your family hope and it gives others hope and being able to magnify your voice through advocacy groups through community organizing through social media what what have you is is honestly extremely important and is probably one of the most beautiful things that I've gotten to see really flourish through covid and the past 4 years so don't give up hope on speaking your mind speaking it well um, of course, do it in a way that makes you comfortable and ensures like the safety of you and others, but use your voice because that is really all democracy is when you get down to it. That's, that's the thing that makes democracy survive is people utilizing their voice and having the ability to use it, um, to impact different things that they may or may not be confident about. So please continue using it. I know it feels, your voice feels scratchy or it feels hoarse because you've been using it a lot. Um, but keep using it. Like, you know, get that chamomile tea, drink that little powder, and then <laughs> put them back in, coach. Because honestly, you know, your voice is your voice is the thing that keeps democracy alive, and it doesn't matter who you are or what your job is or where you're from. It's your voice that keeps democracy alive. Mm. Well, I have full body chills now and I want to go use my voice and drink some chamomile tea (laughs) to make it feel a little bit better. (laughs) And I 
will say that um, for those listening before we exit here, um, it's scary coming on talking about politics in any capacity that goes live out into the world. So I want to first thank you, Cam, for coming and speaking in such a very beautiful, like bipartisan way of what you believe and how you're changing the world. Um, I think a lot even if you don't have the same beliefs as me, as Cam, everyone has a different belief. That's your right. That's your exciting thing about being human. Um, I said this on one of my past episodes where we talked about religion um, with a pastor. And he's like, hey, even if you don't believe in my form of Christianity, I want to have a conversation with you because that's how we make change. And that's how we make common ground. Um, I think one of the most beautiful things about Cam is that she is very open-minded. She's very steadfast in her beliefs. She's very passionate, but she will have a conversation with you. I will have a conversation with you um, just so that we can make change. Us yelling at each other's faces and not listening to the other person isn't going to help anything. Um, So even if you want to send a message to her, send a message to me, not full of hate, please. We want to make the world a better place. That is why I made this podcast to spread motivation, love, inspiration, But if you have something to say, you don't really understand where she's coming from, where I'm coming from, or you want to have your voice heard and have a conversation constructively, that is also totally welcome and supported to reach out. I do not want other people to feel ostracized either. Um, We are trying to make this country a better place as a whole community. And I do want to point that out, especially on an episode like this. Completely opposite spectrums. I have extremely far left friends and i have plenty of friends on the right as well um i you know it's really that's that's Mm -hmm. what is going to um you know in addition to change and systematically addressing plenty of things that we need to solve that's what's going to make make america better is is getting back to this to the talking table and, and being able to understand where we come from so that those changes can be implemented so please reach out if you ever have a question no matter what you think what you feel um, please, please let me know. And I'd really love to talk. Well, I love you. And I thank you so much for sharing your light and all of your passion today. And I hope the, those listening, like, please fail at something today. If you yeah. don't take anything from this episode, <laughs> just go fail at something. Like, get off the hamster wheel and go fall out of the box. Like, I think both of us are really great representations of, like, your face doesn't bruise for very long and you will become very, very successful if you just fall face first in pursuit of your dreams. So the advice sounds a little weird, but on this Motivational Monday, I really hope you go fail at something so that you are one step closer towards your dream and towards what you were put here to do. Thank um, you. So thank you, Cam, for coming on. Away, chipping away with me.